Hi everyone. Just before we get into the second part of our A82 podcast, we wanted to bring you a short message to say that our 2024 wall calendar is now available for pre-order. Only £8.95, it has 12 brand new images of Scotland from the 1960s, 70s, 80s and 90s. There really is a great selection of images this year. Proceeds from the sales of the calendar will ensure that we remain online through 2024 and continue to bring you these excellent podcasts as well as share hundreds of new images on our social media channels. I really do hope that you'll consider supporting us. The calendar does make for a great gift, but of course, if you just want to snap one up for yourself, they will look great on any kitchen, office, or even bedroom wall. Quantities of the calendar are limited as always, and they will be shipping from early December. For more information, visit the online store section of our website. You'll find it at scottishroadsarchive.org forward slash online dash store. We'll also be sharing links to purchase the calendar on our social media channels, particularly Facebook and Twitter. So keep an eye on those too. In the meantime, let's get into part two. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Roadscast, a podcast all about Scotland's roads, bridges and motorways from the Scottish Roads Archive. I'm Stuart Baird. And I'm John Hassel. And we're joined again in this episode by Duncan McKnight. Good morning, chaps. How are we doing? Not bad. Good to see you again, Duncan. Good to see you again, Duncan. So we're here for part two of our two-part podcast series looking into the history of the A82. A82 yeah. In part one, we got all the way from Glasgow all the way up to Glencoe. Yes. So you're going to take us this time, I take it from Glencoe all the way up to Inverness. All the way up to Inverness, where the, where the A82 ends at mm. Longman. Going to be right, lots well, of things to talk let's about. Let's not dwell on that too much and just get straight into it then. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Take it so, away, Duncan. So we ended at Glencoe, where mm-hmm. the Glencoe improvements end. And formerly the 82 ran round uh, via... Uh, whereabouts? What's that place called? <laughs> Kinloch Leaven? Kinloch Leaven. There we go. <laughs> Kinloch Leaven. <laughs> that was good, Stuart. You didn't even have a map. Yeah. <laughs> well done. So it ran that way. And there was also a ferry at Balahulish. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. Yep. Uh, and then we constructed the 82 was improved with the Balahulish Bridge. Yes. Do we like the Balahulish Bridge? I love it. And I, I, I quite like the little arrangement you have there to get mm-hmm. onto the bridge and go around. Yep. So what, what's the story with the Balahulish Bridge? So a ferry a ferry was there prior. A ferry yeah. was there. And the thing about Balahulish, everybody thinks that bridge is ancient. No. Everybody thinks it's no, old it's because they think it looks old. It do, it, no. But it does though. No. But it does. Tell us when, when it opened. So this was officially opened on the 23rd of December 1975. So it's, no quite, so it's not old. I no, think no. people are getting confused with Connell yeah. Bridge yes. down in Oban. Check out the Connell Bridge podcast for more it's information on that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, the Balfour Bridge. This was, I think, always going to be constructed because it wasn't a big distance and we could easily sling some, something over there. Yeah. Mm. So WA Fairhurst and Partners, uh, they submitted a design for a large arch bridge and it's more in keeping with the two bridges down at Glencoe you know the two concrete bridges we spoke about Cleveland Bridge looked at that and went no it's not ugly enough and decided to construct a large steel truss bridge are you going to let him away with that (laughs) well I've looked at some of the original drawings and the old arch bridge looks lovely it would have been really nice there but no we've got the big green thing. Yeah, so these are the views of Duncan. These are the <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like the Balahulish Bridge because it's okay. quite it's quite unique. We don't have many of them in Scotland in terms of how bulky and big it is. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Very functional. Yep. So Cleveland Bridge and Engineering were the main contractors with William Tawes, 
being the subcontractor design. So these are the concrete piers. Mm -hmm. um, all was going well with the construction. But in, was it June or July 1975, one of the bearings uh, broke oh. or it cracked. And the sound of this could be heard in Kinloch Leven some miles away. So this delayed the opening of the bridge significantly. There was a lot of running around, a lot of hoo-ha about it. But we managed to get the bearing out and a new one put in. And it opened in 1975. We don't own much background details about this or the bridge itself. So if anyone knows bits and pieces about it, please please get in touch. Yep. Yeah. Contact touch. at scottishroadsarchive.org.uk. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. And we've also got the, the bridge approaches, which were completed quite long after the bridge opened. So these are Carnock to Craig Ranach, which is basically Glencoe to Balahulish Bridge. So stage one was completed in 1982. <laughs> so that sometime one. later, yeah. yeah. So oh. you were chucked off the bridge and uh, back onto the twisty road again. Yeah. And then the 8th of October, 1984, Rush and Tompkins built the second bit. So it basically bypassed the so wee places. Almost a decade later. So that's one yeah. of the, the more modern sections of the 82. I was going to say, it's quite nice north of the bridge there. Yeah, yeah. you can do overtaking along there if it's quiet. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. That's fine. So, so from North Balhulish to Inverness, this is this was taken forward again in the 30s as a big, 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 big project upgrade. Uh, this was to provide a constant width of 18 foot and remove sharp corners and steep gradients. So this was a big, big improvement. Now, when I started researching this, I went, how am I going to, is there any information out there about it? But luckily, mm -hmm. uh, I've got a newspaper extract from The Scotsman from the 3rd of June, 1933, about the completion of the roads. And luckily, all the information is contained within this lovely article. That's made it easier yeah. for you. Yeah. So I've extracted a good amount of it. I wasn't going to extract all of it, but it is a fantastic bit of text, and it does give a lot of information. So I'm going to do a bit of a bit of reading, a bit of John Hassel reading off the page here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pro move. Don't yeah. So <laughs> sit back. Uh, okay, so it was three years ago in March of 1930 that operations began on the Glasgow and Van Road. And when the work is finished in September of this year, one of the greatest achievements in road engineering in Scotland, or for that matter, Britain, will have been accomplished. Some idea of the vastness of the work and of the engineering difficulties which has had to be overcome may be afforded by the fact that in a single section of road exten extending to only eight miles, no less than 270,000 cubic yards of solid rock had to be removed. You can tell this is 1933. Mm -hmm. Yeah, old money. Cuttings in the rock had to be executed in some instances to a height of 80 feet on the cliffside. Each week, something like 17,500 cubic yards of material had to be excavated. And of that, 55,700 cubic yards were of solid rock. The heaviest excavation of rock took place along the shore of Loch Ness, particularly between Invermorrison and Achnahanet. But the mountain of labour has not been in vain, for thereby one of the narrowest and most dangerous roadways in Britain has been turned into a modern motoring highway through the Great Glen of Scotland with a vista of loch and mountain unrivaled anywhere. <laughs> you captivated yet? <laughs> well, I was going to say, they don't put text like that in the brochures anymore. No, no. But yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So I'll carry yeah. on. A sum of about £900,000 is estimated to be the total cost of the 80 miles of new road from North Balhulish to Inverness. The cost per mile works out at £13,000, which, considering that it includes bridges, land compensation and administrative charges, is a very low figure. Mm. As many as 1,200 men have been engaged on the work at one time, but now, with the end in sight, the number is not quite so large. From Balahulish to Fort Augustus, the road is completed, surfacing there having been finished some time ago. 
For the next 24 miles from Fort Augustus to Brackla in Glen Urquhart, surfacing is being rapidly executed at the rate of one and a half mile per week. That's quick, That's isn't that? That's not uh, bad. And again, kind yep. of of the time that is with older surfacing yep. and asphalt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's quite an achievement. Yep. Uh, along Loch Ness side, it is perhaps worth mentioning parking places for motor cars have been ingeniously worked into the routeway and attractive rockery walls have been erected. Thus, beauty and utility have been happily combined. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yep. So I'll jump over. Okay. Uh, the Ministry of Transport and Inverness County Council have been responsible for the operations in Invernessshire, stretching from North Balhulish to Inverness. And the new road has been designed by Major Robert Bruce, from, from his headquarters at Inverness, has had the entire work under his supervision. Major Bruce was also the chief engineer of the Perth-Inverness road. Uh, perhaps the immensity of the reconstruction is best conveyed by the bridge building, which has been found necessary. No fewer than 55 bridges along the route had to be reconstructed. Some of them were widened and made to fulfil modern requirements, but in the majority of cases, an entirely new structure had to be substituted. All but three of these 55 road bridges have now been constructed, thus exceptions being the bridges at Borlam, Invermorrison and Fort Augustus. Uh, Great care has been taken to ensure that aesthetically, the bridges will conform with the natural surroundings which vary very much along the route. Mm. Major Bruce, the engineer in charge, designed the bridges and in case of the larger structures, Messrs Blythe and Blythe, consulting engineers of Edinburgh, and Mears and Cos Wilson, consulting architects of Edinburgh, collaborated with them in the preparation of these designs. Close touch was kept with the Society for the Preservation of Rural Scotland, who gave their approval of the designs adopted. Apart from the 55 road bridges, three double-way swing structures have been built over the Caledonian Canal, Lagan, Abercalder and Fort Augustus respectively. These bridges have been constructed by Sir William Arrell and Co, who were also responsible for their designs in collaboration with Mr Eustace Porter, engineer and manager of the canal. So there you go. Right, you know, how, how old is that bit of text that you read us there, Duncan? That's from June 1933. So what's I picked up from this, Stuart, maybe you will, about the particular focus and attention that we made to make it the road, as particularly structures you're saying, in keeping with yes. the surroundings, yep. which we, we <clears> think <throat> of, we speak about the inner ring road in Glasgow, and we think about the consulting architects yep. that thought, and that was cutting edge and modern at the time, yep. you know, but they were yep. thinking about this back then. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. this was due to the Perth and Vanesh road, Owen Williams was in charge of the bridges and he decided to construct large concrete structures. Uh, look at the bridge over the Fintern at Tamatan for an example of this. And these were very much criticised at the time for being quite ugly and mm. quite yeah, not in keeping with the landscape. Stark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at the bridges here, they've got sort of masonry facades. They're all quite... They're not H- as... Handsome. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're much yeah. nicer looking. Not that the Fintern bridge is horrible, but they, they sit much nicer in the landscape anyway. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. No, it's a good, good passage of text. And, uh, yeah. I'll quickly just go through the sections, then we can have a bit more of a discussion. Sure. So, Kinloch leaving to North Balahulish, that was completed around 1927. Now, I've seen in a couple of places that this was constructed by prisoners of World War One. All right. Who were in charge of that. That, that would be a bit earlier than that, though, yeah. wouldn't it? I wouldn't be surprised at some of this because a lot of them were involved in construction projects. Mm-hmm. What, what was the completion date? Sorry? 1927. But that's, that's, that's quite like late. 13, yeah. 14 years after the war. I'm not sure about that. To be some honest, of them yeah. stayed, though. This is the thing. I mean, a lot of them did housing, hang around. Yeah. Like interwar housing and all the things like that was, was, it was built by prisoners of war. Fair enough. Could yep. be. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then for the next section from North Balhulish to Fort William, 
That was constructed by the Alston Limestone Company of Newcastle. That's, that was about 12 miles long. Is that the bit running about Corrin Ferry? And... Yes, Aye. that yeah. bit, that okay. annoying twisty bit. And then Matthew Muir and Company Limited did uh, the Nevis Bridge and the Kinnish Bridge as well on that section. Uh, so that, going on from there, Fort William to Invergloy, which is just before Loch Loch, he's at the top of the hill basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was constructed by Mr. J.M. Broadfoot of Newport, and that was about 14 miles. Okay, so before you go further on, mm-hmm. Fort William then. So yeah. there's some modern yes. improvements yeah. in Fort William. Just, just say, shuffle around a little bit, it's yeah. The only yeah. bit, Stuart, that I know we can, you've got some dual carriageway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, yes. it's semi urban, I suppose, isn't it? But that, what's, what's the story at Fort so William then? I believe it was an old railway line initially. Okay. Using the railway line, so it was a it was a main line or it was a spur. I'm not 100 percent sure, but this was removed along and, the shoreline. Along the shoreline, hard up against the water, mm-hmm. and this was removed and a dual carriageway was put along here. Mm-hmm. The main contractor was uh, no, the main consultant was Sir William Halcrow and Partners. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it was William Taws built it. Now we don't. This is really mysterious because we don't really know when it was done. It was around 1974, 1975. Don't know if there was official opening or whatever, but it did bypass the Fort William Town Centre. I, th- uh-huh. I think you would do a little visit to the local studies area. Of, I think uh, I, I agree, John. I, I think, think I, yeah, Fort William. <laughs> That's where Stuart and I get all these dates from. Yeah. I'll need to go and visit. Yeah. yeah. Now it's 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 very strange. I don't know if you know Fort William, but at the end of the dual carriageway, when you go back onto the eighty two, there's the there's the Morrisons, and then the dual carriageway kind of right. keeps going, and then it stops and it looks like it was meant to keep going yeah so any, any um, info behind that no the only thing i found is boreholes were done on a possible continuation oh, I mean, of this. like a fort william, by- a fort Northern william by- bypass yep. almost yeah but again nothing's nothing's happened so it's still sitting there doing nothing do you think that any potential future fort william bypass could take that corridor or is there too much in there now or yes you could easily squeeze a single carriage with a footway in you right, could easily okay. do something. You, you, would, you would need to cross the railway, though, mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, cross the, the River Nevis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would provide a benefit. Well, because once you get off that dual carriage you're into the north of Fort William, you've got a lot of frontage, a lot of businesses. It can be yeah. busy. It can be slow. Yeah. Uh, so I do think we could maybe have a look at this again. Mm-hmm. We've, st- we've done the boreholes. Yeah. So yeah. all we have to do is get a, mm-hmm. get a road in there. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that section. Uh, so... Uh, Fort William to Invergloy, we've done that bit. Uh, next is Invergloy, Invergloy to Lagan Bridge. So the bit that runs along Loch Lochy. Mm-hmm. You know this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was constructed by the Alston Limestone Company of Newcastle. And this was 1927. So again, like the other bit, this was this bit was done first. And then we didn't do any more. And then we decided, oh, let's redo the whole thing. Mm-hmm. This bit's quite distinct because it's got narrow concrete bridges along it. Yeah, yeah seen the ones yeah. that mm-hmm. folk keep bashing into. Well, and break. Very low level parapets. Very low, yeah. low level parapets. Uh-huh. Very narrow, and they keep getting hit. So, yeah, that kind of is that defining feature. It's very feature. hard up against the lock. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. There's another improvement we can go through. Uh, mm-hmm. So that this, I've been told by folk in the council days that this was originally quite an up and down lock route. It went up and down, twist around, and. All they did was basically flatten it out and widen it. So this is the Loch Lochy improvement, and that was constructed around 1990. Right, we think. Oh, okay. Very good. That's quite light. Yep, and it was built by tractor shovels and Highland Regional Council, the mm-hmm. main designers of this. So you do have overtaking opportunities there. Yeah, yep. I was going to say it's quite straight in some areas. Yeah, yeah. It's very straight, and actually, you can see the old railway line up 
above the road as well. You can see lots of bridges and culverts because that was a it was a little railway line uh, that went from somewhere to Fort Augustus. I'm not a railway person, but I do know that's that's still that's still there. So you can have a look at it about for that. And then we get to Lagan Bridge and we cross the canal mm -hmm. uh, on the swing bridges. Oh yeah, which are very very interesting. I've had a bit of involvement with the fixing of these. These are very old structures. Uh, they've had a lot of work done to them. The three bridges that Bear Scotland have mm -hmm. is Lagan, Abercalder and Fort Augustus. And we've also got the Bannery Swing Bridge on the A830. You know at the bottom of Neptune Staircase? Yep. You've got that road and railway. So they've got, Bear have got all four of them. Uh, they've been substantially upgraded. So they're So what were they originally put in? So they originally put in around 1932. They've all got wee, they've got little plaques on them. Lagan, Abercalder have got a little plaque that says Sir William Harrell, 1932. Yeah. yeah. Now these so, are all a key part of the Caledonian Canal. A key part of the Caledonian yeah. Canal. Yeah. So they were originally they were looked after by British waterways, who mm -hmm. then became kind of devolved and joined up the Scottish, Scottish canals. canals. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they these four bridges were then taken on because these were seen as quite strategic. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And they they are very important because if they break and they and we're doing work on them or whatever. The diversion. It's is, a busy waterway yes. as well. Even oh yeah, as well. they swing so for in the summer. They are open and closing quite a lot throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. yeah. So you, you can you can see them. They're quite interesting things. They've got sort of big wedges that pull them out and they all swing. They're mm -hmm. interesting. I love how they still work and they've been looked after. I mean, mm -hmm. the only thing is I've never been caught at them. Have um, you not? I've never, I've actually had to stop and wait. How, how long is it for, for one of them that the, that the cycle takes of mm. stopping, opening and... Uh, a few minutes. A few minutes. Five minutes tops. Yeah. So if, it, if there's lots of stuff going through, it can take a bit longer, but... The actual right. closing of the road and swinging the bridge doesn't take. So is there a little long. control room? There's a little. They've, they've all got little booths on them. Lagan Aberholder and Fort Augustus have got little booths on them. Okay. And then at uh, Banavi is quite interesting because it's a bit different in design. It's got like a viewing platform so you can see the bridge and see what's going on. That's really cool. I've cool. never stopped at them. Like I said, it's always just been straight through. It, is there one at Fort Augustus? Yes, there's the one right. at Fort Augustus. I, I've been stuck at the one at Fort Augustus yeah. before. Mm -hmm. um, I, mm -hmm. I do remember that. Yeah, that one's busy because that's that one's open quite a lot because you do have a lot of boats going into the lock chambers. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they can the lock chambers I think can take about six at a time. So if you're trying to get all six boats through the bridge, it can it can back up a fair bit. But mm -hmm. you know, Fort Augustus, I think they're probably quite used to having it. Mm -hmm. It's just when it breaks, yeah, that's the when it becomes part. the problem. Yeah. yeah, so there's been lots of like recovery procedures done. So it's they they're, they're ready for the apocalypse basically. So, <laughs> well, so you know, be, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. yeah. They'll be all right. Uh, so going on from there, so from Lagan Bridge to Fort Augustus, that was completed around 1931, and that was constructed by Jack Sun and Co Limited and Melville Dundas and Whitston did. Oh, Whitson. The, Whitson, yes, mm -hmm. they did the Oich Bridge, and I think is it along here. I, it's, I'm trying to remember. Uh, There's the junction to the A87 along yeah, here. Yeah, no, uh, Oich. That's an interesting one because there's not an old bridge sits alongside yes, the there existing is. There's bridge. Yes, there's the old suspension bridge yeah, that sits alongside. That's a stunning it. wee suspension that is bridge. A stunning wee it doesn't go anywhere. No. But uh, it's a fantastic little thing. Yeah. And then you've got the, the concrete structure next to it. And then you've got the swing bridge next to it as yeah, well. Yeah, so Oik is nice for a, a park up and a walk if you're a wee walk about. Yeah. yeah. There's uh -huh. a castle near there near the ace. Is there? Invergary Castle. Invergary Castle, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. So, yeah. Of these things. Lots of little things just hidden away that mm -hmm. you never, never normally notice. Yeah. It is probably for me, Duncan. Mm -hmm. Not sure about you, Stuart, yeah. but it's the section of the 82 where we drive the least. Yeah. 
because uh, I'm already turned off at that point being based in the central belt you know I come mm-hmm. from the South Africa that way but no relying on your expertise here oh thanks expertise that's what we're <laughs> yeah. calling it now is it <laughs> okay uh, so at Fort Augustus we then join the route up Loch Ness yes the great Loch Ness this is 30 mile this is around a 30 mile odd road up the side of the Loch Ness it's the second deepest loch in Scotland at around 230 metres. Now... Do you know what the deepest is? I read this the other day, what the deepest loch it's is. It's not Loch Long. No. 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 Is, is it not uh, Loch Or? No, no, it's not Loch Or. No. Okay. One chance left, man. One chance... I don't know. 5,000 pounds, I did, pounds, I did read it the other day, and I just can't remember off the top of my loch head. Loch Mora. Loch Mora. Oh, 310 yes. metres deep, and it holds... Loch Ness holds more water than all the lakes in England and Wales combined that's quite a stat it's isn't vast it? there See, could be there could be a whole city under there we don't know there's these people going <laughs> off to the lake district all the time they think it's quite something come to scotland oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly at fort augustus hmm. uh, thomas telford originally constructed the 82 through there as we know hmm. and at fort augustus he decided to ignore the route of the military road oh so for the 82 follows the route of thomas telford's road on the other side of the loch, we've got the military road that's still used today by the Highland Council roads. Mm-hmm. Is it the A862? No, I, like I have driven that because I've done the lap of it, but it was a mm-hmm. very long time yeah. ago. Yeah. It's a big steep climb up and then you're high up in the hills. You're mm-hmm. Very, very high up. There's still bits of single track, so it's not it's not a perfect diversion, yeah. but it is it's an alternative when the A two is a bit slow. It is good fun though. It's very, very good fun. I do enjoy going along there. Yeah. Yep. So the 82 follows the Telford Road, and this was built around about the 1810s. And this was mostly done to link up communities because it was all about improving communication. So we're linking up these places like Drumnodrocket and Invermoriston. There's not. The 30s road essentially widened it all, but there was little change to it. So there's not many opportunities for overtaking. So it can be a bit slow going up there, going up here. Uh, so we... I remember it being very busy as well. I, mean, mm-hmm. I was in there in the summer months. So. Yeah. Uh, so the going back to the improvements, so mm. uh, some Fort Augustus to Invermorriston, that was completed around 1932, and that was Jackson and Co. And that was about eight miles long. And then from Invermorriston to Achnahanet, which is a little place alongside the loch, that was 1934, and that was William Taws constructed that section. Okay. Uh, and then we just completely quickly finish these. We've got Achnahanet to Brackla. Now Brackla, you're probably thinking, where on earth is Brackla? Uh, it's eight miles long this section, and it, there at Brackla there is an A black and yellow phone box at the oh, side yes. of the A oh, too. Yeah. You must have seen this at the big visitor center. Yep. So that's that's there. So that's where Brackla is. And then from Brackla to the Causeway at Dock Four, uh, these two sections were A M Carmichael. Yeah, uh, this was eight miles long, and this was one of the last sections of the road to be constructed and finished. So this was officially opened on the 27th of September, 1934. Okay. And there was a little lay-by, which I can't... There is a grainy black and white picture of the opening. And uh, there's a lot of folk there, but I can't figure out where it is. But it's somewhere along there. And then we finally got the last bit from Dockford down to Inverness. And that yep. was 1936, 37. And uh, that takes us into Inverness. Mm-hmm. Holds up quite well. Again, it does. All, yeah. all of these sections down there, just like I say, quite busy. You're right, though. It can be quite difficult to get mm-hmm. past yeah. in, in some of the areas. I know, oh, you know, that's the other castle, Uchert Castle. Yes, uh, that which castle, is, yeah. Which is down that way. It's just on the side of Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, 
go back down Loch Ness, there was a, there was a big study done in the late 80s by the Highland Council, basically mm-hmm. to say, can we improve this road? Can we do anything with the overtaking? And I think two locations were identified as easily achievable for overtaking, and that's at Altsai, one of the sections. Right. I think it's north of Invermoriston where you're up high and then the road kind of sweeps down and it straightens out. Yeah, You know that bit? You must have, we've all overtaken on that bit. Um, I, I will if you show me it. Yes. Uh, I haven't got okay. a computer in front of me, but I'm just kind of like smiling and nodding right now. But yeah, um, I know people can't see that. But yeah. But that was that. That was that section. That was that was constructed around May 1984, and that was so, K. Stewart from Struff Pepper Limited did that. So bit. that section, it's just it, two way traffic. It's yeah, yeah. It's not an overtaking no, lane it's or not. anything. It's just it's, it's wider. It's a wider and mm-hmm. it's realigned, I suppose. So it's to much straighter, so you yeah, can pass stuff, which you enough. know I've done. Um, mm. And then at Akrahanet, there's a fun little feature. If you go into Google Street View okay. and look uh, back in time a little bit, you'll see the Stig from Top Gear standing at the side of the road. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I don't, I, I, what, I, in the full Stig outfit? Yep, it's not just, just standing at the side of the road. Right, Google okay. goes past and there he is. <laughs> I don't know why he's there. I don't know if it's the real Stig or not. Is but... he standing there with that signature arms folded? He is. Fantastic. So, yeah. That's a, that's a little <laughs> Easter egg, as they call it. Yep. Mm. Uh, and then at Drum the Rocket, we all like Drum the Rocket. That's yes. where Rocket Castle is. Lots of very busy in the summer months, very touristy. And uh, 82 was actually mentioned in the little film Scooby Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. Oh. So we've got, there's a little sign that says 82 and it's Drum the Rocket and the mystery machine goes past it. So it's quite. Yes. That, that section in um, at Castle Orca, there, there mm-hmm. was a way by there that was closed for a number of years. Oh, yes. That's. Has that further, all that's further up. Is that all done? That's now? further up. That's near Dockfour. That right. was, I think there was something wrong with it. There was ground troubles or something. Yeah. But that's all, all beefed out and opened up. Good. Yeah. So that's a nice big layby, and it's also on a straight, so you can actually get past stuff as well right. okay. <laughs> if you can. Uh, and then the eighty-two finally crosses uh, crosses the causeway at Dockfour, and then enters Inverness, and it encounters another swing bridge at Tomnahurich. Just yeah. outside Inverness. Tom we know Hurich. this one. You may know Tom Hurich. So wait, there's another project here it kind of relates to. What was mm-hmm. it? The, the West Link. The West Link. So the West Link is the connection from the A82 to the distributor road, which links round the south of Inverness to the A9. And that's the, the A8082. That, yes, and that goes past like called Duthall and Milton of, what's it called? Milton Lays. Milton Lays. We're past sort of Drakey's and Inches. Yeah. So it stopped at this roundabout just before the river. So they've extended it over. And then phase one was the bridge over the river nest to link it up. And yeah. then phase two was quite interesting. There was another swing bridge constructed mm-hmm. to basically double up reliability of the Tom the Hoodick swing bridge. So we've got Torvain swing bridge there uh, that was put in. So if boats are coming along, we open one bridge, mm-hmm. but we keep the other bridge open. And then we close one bridge, and then we open the other bridge and let the boats go. And there's virtually no because there should be no traffic disruption basically because there's always a bridge I to use. That. They've sort yeah. of overbuilt that, but I can see why. It, yeah, and it's terrific. It does work. It does work. Very busy in the when, summer. When yeah. did yes. the when did the Westlink open? When did so the open? so the first bit of the Westlink opened in December 2017. It was built by Willis Brothers. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's the bit that goes past like the rugby park and over the river. Yeah. And then stage two was built by RJ McLeod, and that's literally just the swing bridge. Mm. And Cleveland Bridge actually had a bit of involvement with the swing bridge. I think it was one of the later projects before they disappeared. Uh, and this was done to basically alleviate congestion. You know, it's not perfect. It has had some issues, but you know, it's good that we've got it there. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people uh, who like to criticize the swing bridges and say this should have been a tunnel. 
Should have should have been a tunnel under the canal. This should have been an aqueduct or a tunnel under the we canal. We don't build tunnels in Scotland. We don't people. build tunnels in Scotland. Have you yeah. got the money to build the tunnel? Yeah. Go ahead, be my <laughs> guest. But no, the swing bridge swing bridge is good. It's good yeah, fun. Good fantastic. fun. I do like it. Okay. Uh, the eighty two then enters Inverness, and it initially terminated at the Kenneth Street Junction, which is the one with all the traffic lights along it. Mm-hmm. And then when Keswick Bridge opened, they extended the eighty two along the route of the A nine to Raidmore, and then. If we remember back to the Keswick Bridge podcast, remember the Jack Holmes report mm-hmm. of Inverness and the Highlands? Yep. They recommended that another bridge needed to be built across the river. And this became the A82. So this is Friars Bridge. Yep. Good old Friars. Good old yeah. Friars Bridge. Mm-hmm. We do like Friars Bridge. Uh, we shout out to Don Fraser, who was one of the engineers on it. He's one of our friends. Mm-hmm. And this was opened on the 23rd of December, 1986. Yep. So again, another modern one. Another modern one, but it is it is good. Now, Remind me, I'm thinking back to the Keswick podcast, which is still available, by the way. Yes. Um, is this was Friars Bridge part of the Inverness Inner Relief Road? Inner Relief Road. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that was stage one. Uh, Jameson Mackay were the main designers of this, and it was built by Edmund Nuttall Limited. Yep. And mm-hmm. stage two, if I flip over and I've written it down properly, <laughs> shuffling the papers here, Shore Street to Harbour Road. So that was basically the bit that goes over the railway line in Inverness, and that opened on the 30th of June. 1989 and that was built by Morrison's and it was numbered the 82 when it opened yeah and that takes us basically up to the Longman roundabout yeah mm. and that is the end of the 82 it just comes to a stop and then right it goes Longman roundabout. right along the roundabout and goes no further well it can't go any further I suppose yeah. at that stage and there are some plans with Longman roundabout aren't there there are some plans to get this uh, a flyover constructed for the a9 that's right and I understand long, long man can be brutal um, and it can be quite bad I, on match days. You live up there, don't you? You're always, the authority. I've it? always found going north up to it, up the A9, is where it queues. Yeah. South across the bridge, it does back up, but it's it's not what about, common that it backs up across the bridge. What about from the A82? Um, it queues, but it's not terrible. It's mostly you, the A9. You, you, you say that, but southbound. You remember when, when we were in Inverness, and I, oh, I, I made was, a big uh, yeah, long oh, yeah. journey up to Inverness, up, yes. and we attended the Keswick Bridge The Keswick Bridge <clears> event, and we went to the event, compound, yeah. And remember the queues that day southbound yes. across the bridge were That's, horrific. Yes. Mm. Well, you got a good look at the bridge, didn't you? Because it? Because <laughs> it, it was its 40th it's birthday, so we had to have a look at it. That. No, okay. Yep. So I suppose that that's it for the that's 82. the end of the eighty-two, gents. So in terms of a route, then, so thinking part one and part two, bringing mm-hmm. the whole route together. Yes. Um, it's it's so long that it's difficult to consider it just a single route because no, there'll, be, yeah. there'll, be, there'll be very few people that probably drive it end to end regularly. There'll be people no, that go. No, we do. We, we go to Glencoe quite yeah. a lot, or we I go to Tarbert a lot, or yeah. you know, you, you do yeah. bits of it, right? And it's like John says, like I'm the same as John. Anything north a speeding bridge to me is basically foreign, to be honest. I, I don't <laughs> often go. I don't often go much further north than that's the why we have you done. That's why I've got. That's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's an interesting stretch, but it's interesting here, know that. All the parts coming together, not just mm-hmm. for the, from the designers, some of the contractors, and mm-hmm. there's some very familiar names in there from yep. some of the old from central the belt days. schemes uh-huh. as well. Mm-hmm. Which is good to hear. Like Whitson, Melvin, the Das, and Whitson, yes. who did the south approaches to the Clyde Tunnel. Oh, so they did. This yeah. is only the second roads project I've ever heard them mention. So there you go. So I've learned something. I've learned something this time. Fantastic. So okay. that, that was very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favourite section of the A2 yourself? Oh, that's a good question. The end. The end. <laughs> the no, end. The end um, which end? Oh, the um, 
any Glencoe section, probably, yeah. and Balahulish. That's probably I think it's difficult. It would yeah. be difficult to to argue against that, really, yeah. wouldn't it? I mean, I think it. as much as there's lots happened to the route, as we've just spoken about, north of Fort William, it can get a bit monotonous. Yeah, because it is just a single carriageway going left and right and left and right yeah. going through the hills. You've got stunning views, but it's not the most exciting road no. to drive when you're stuck behind stuff. You just want to get to the end, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. When it's yeah. quiet, it's all right. But mm -hmm. when it's busy, nah. Yeah. It can be a bit difficult. I mean, on the other side of the, the, the coin, I would pick probably the, the boulevard section in Glasgow. Oh, I because like it's a it's very of its time, very impressive. And if you take the if you take the Glencoe se section as the most scenic and the most impressive from that yeah. point of view, you could mm -hmm. probably take the boulevard as being a very impressive example of 1930s uh engineering of something let's just yeah. build a big yeah. big thing yeah. 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 yeah yeah it's the nice same with kind of dundee in the king's way well i like yeah. um if, if eventually you're, you're going to get around to asking me but i've always liked the bit between the, the erskine bridge and the barton and the dual carriage the dual carriage section the reason is for the sheer audacity of it yeah. <laughs> I, I like it and and how it twists and it goes and there's a section i know where it drops the speed limit it goes through milton and these places but i i, I do think it's quite clever how the road snakes through there but i am aware you know in in some ways that that road can be you know, you've, you've got to keep your wits about you so yes but i i do i've always liked that section and you do get some kind of quite quite good views in areas mm -hmm. as well so. it, it's a road of variable character so yes, I, i've got one for you if we've got time guys all right, all right. i mean is this uh, a is this john hassel question time is it yes it oh, is, it is. we good. don't we don't have any questions that came in from uh listeners or, or people on social media so i wanted to pose a question to you guys okay you've each got a billion pounds oh thanks okay thank you yeah but you have to spend it on the 82 what section would you would you want to want to upgrade Okay, Duncan, so I'm going to come to you first, since okay. you are our guest of honour here. Mm -hmm. What section would you change, improve, whatever it is? What oh, would you do? Um, that little stub at Fort William where the bypass could go, I'd love to see something done there. Oh, right. Oh, maybe something looks at there. It would be good. A good little scheme. I would like to see something done there. Elsewhere, mm, I wouldn't say it needs anything massive. I mean, I mean, go back to Fort William. I mean, yeah. what would be your justification for a, for a, an improvement to the it's, bypass at Fort William? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 con it's congested going through Fort William. It is slow. You know, you've mm. got that dual carriage a bit, and then oh, it, it all slows down going through. So I would happily do something there. Plus, I think Fort William would like doing it. You think one thing about bypassing towns in these scenic parts of the world, right, mm -hmm. is that would would any do you think people in Fort William might be like, oh, he'd lose trade because of that or something? Mm. But uh, I mean, that's you'd have to sign are, it. Yeah, I mean, we are bypassing the more industrial area where there's lots right. of shops and uh, all the the building stuff there. So the town centre is already bypassed. It would be good to just keep going all the way around. And of course, the junction with the eight thirty is very busy as well, isn't it? That's a little roundabout. Yeah, yeah. that was mm. signals initially, right. and then we put in a roundabout, but it is busy. Mm -hmm. can be a bit congested okay yeah okay but popularity of the area people come and visit so it's going to get busy. so what form would this take would it so you'd say it was a continuation of the dual carriageway mm. and it would be a complete mm. dual carriageway but maybe you got a billion here i would like to see a dual carriageway i don't think it really justifies dual carriageway okay i think maybe just a single carriageway with a big cycleway on it that okay. would be all right how, how modern Okay, how, exactly, yeah. how modern. No, that's that's <laughs> fair. You got a few bridges in there as well. Exactly, yeah. Sure, what's your take? How do you feel it could be improved? Uh, well, I, I guess away from the Glasgow City Council section, which obviously has its problems and its congestion issues, I'm yeah. not really sure we can do much there mm. anyway. Um, it's, it's always going to be busy. It's always been busy. Mm -hmm. um, I think 
Tarbert Inveraran section is obviously yeah. in need of a bit yes. of love, um, given what you discussed in part one. It's a mm-hmm. bit, you know, it's a bit windy weavy. It's a bit substandard in places. You know, it doesn't meet modern requirements. I think the scheme that's coming there would be, would be the the priority for the A82. Because let's be honest, you said it yourself. South of there, north of there, actually the road is built to pretty good standard. It's all right, busy yeah. at times, yep. but it's you know reasonable quality. It doesn't it's have major probably why it's survived issues. so long yeah. since the thirties. Exactly. Not so to rebuild it. If we deal with the, the Tarbot and Moranen section in the middle, that probably we'll brings a, the entire corridor up to a reasonable mm-hmm. standard. And then yeah. we can look at dueling the whole thing in the future. One rose of Duncan McKnight. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say these, these are all just we were just having a bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, personally, I, I think it's about time we had the the A eighty two M in Dumbarton, uh, kind of a, a Dumbarton urban Ooh. motorway slight system. Which, oh my Come goodness. on, I'm being yeah. imaginative. You guys are right, we're going to have to safe. stop there. Unfortunately, <laughs> I am I am winding you guys oh, up. Good. But I do think that um, improvements certainly in that section between D- Dumbarton. Although I have said it's my favourite bit, you know. That would be very, very welcome. And if we look at some of the most geotechnical challenges you would have there, huge. there's mm. a huge. But you either you're, 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 well, you can't even push it out out the way south. You would have to go north. Yeah. Could Dumbarton even be bypassed to the top? Could the improvements happen there? Well, the A2 is the bypass of Dumbarton. <laughs> it, but, but it, but it Dumbarton's grown around but it. But it still goes through Dumbarton. There's yeah. a lot of junctions. There's a lot of houses. Is it? Is and it, properties onto it. Is it bad at peak times? Yes. Oh, is it? Oh, it also, right. another I'm quite problem, naive. Another, another problem, Duncan, is mm. if there's an incident or something that happens, a diversion. No diversion. Say, well, you can put them through Dumbarton. Um, <laughs> well, I bet it, they love that. But, but this is another problem. There's, yeah. the, there's the Y junction as you're heading north towards Dumbarton where you can branch off, take the 814 towards yes. Helensborough. <gasps> and uh, yes. the bypass, so the diversion of the 82 is blocked as everybody onto the old road. Old road. Mm. And that snags up very yeah. quickly. There was an incident a few weeks ago where mm. I think there was a utility issue and uh, one of the contractors had to come in very urgently and do work. Mm-hmm. And the 82 ground to a halt. Yeah. The whole Dumbarton just crumbled. Anyway, if I couldn't <laughs> yeah. do that, I don't know, I've been thinking... The, the section by Loch Ness, more of those sorts of improvements that yeah. you discussed um, carry out kind of uh, realignment. Overtaking uh, lanes and things. Overtaking yeah, lanes, yeah, realignment, uh, because that section's busy as mm-hmm. well. So if you didn't let me do that, I could easily spend a billion up there, mm. to be honest with you. Yes. So there we go. Wishful thinking. And again, we'll say this is just our own personal views. Yep. Uh, people who are far more sensible will, will get around to improving it <laughs> two years to come, I'm, I'm sure. So no, there we go. That's been a very interesting two parts. Yes. I've enjoyed it. Learned a lot there. I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed it. One one final thing to mention, the section between Balahulish and Inverness, some of the big bridges, they've all got big plaques on them. Oh, right. yeah. That's okay. where I got most of the information. So if you're curious, go up the 82, go plaque spotting, mm-hmm. and you'll see okay. all the Safely, all the course. nice plaques. Yep. Yeah, you'll see and I hope plaques. they've been added to our register of plaques. They have indeed. That's Pictures good. as well, Stuart. Not to worry. Not good. good. Have you got <laughs> here? And coordinates as well. Coordinates, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, listen... Thank you, Duncan. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank um, you for having me. We'll definitely have you back again. Lots of topics for you to discuss, I'm yes. sure. John and I will obviously be back with uh, our usual usual podcast. Yep. Usual well. programming. But all our episodes, over 50 of them now, in fact, probably approaching 60 episodes now, are all available where you will find your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Spotify, Podbean, Apple, yeah. YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. They're all there. Yes, they're all there. They're on so, the website as well, at the yeah, bottom of the page. Indeed they are. Yeah. So go on there, uh, leave us a link. Coming back to the website, constant updates on the go there. Like we yes. mentioned in part one, we've got an A82 page now where mm-hmm. we've got the detailed route history available for you to download. So if you want to know a bit more about what Duncan's been talking about across these two episodes, 
give that a look yeah. Uh, yeah. well worth it and we got social media that's still going oh yeah um, we call it X or Twitter now uh, <laughs> we also have Facebook and we have Instagram where we share all our usual posts daily yes that's right and uh, a special mention to our our supporters of yes. the Scottish Roads Archive and, mm-hmm. and the Roads Cast, um, Nigel and the team at Highway Barrier Solutions. Uh, we also have Eastwood Excavations yep, as well. And Andy and the team down there. So thank you very much to those guys for keeping us on the air. Yep. Uh, so that's all for this episode. Uh, we will be keeping you entertained again very soon, I'm sure. <laughs> but until then... Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks.